machine skedelle quand je suis le sel Même si c'est confidentiel, y'a trop de heads qui recèlent Yo qu'est-ce qu'il y a, qu'est-ce que tu cherches à me faire de la merde Yo qu'est-ce qu'il y a, qu'est-ce que tu Quand je me mets de mes affaires, ma carrière, mon salaire Je n'ai pas de nez comme mon derrière, mais des fois j'oublie J'agis comme si j'avais rien à perdre, c'est clair quand je préfère, je produis de l'atmosphère J'ai ma philosophie, mais si tu me poches le caractère Qui sera la prochaine victime Violence gratuite ou défense légitime Mais ça finit pas là, car l'esprit vengeance L'instinct d'animal, quelle sera la prochaine Sentence la peine maximale You're tuned into Free City Radio on CKT 90.3 FM in Montreal We began the program with a classic from Sans Pression Derrière Mon Sourire um, Montreal track. Today the program is going to be looking at the issue of public transit and uh, financial accessibility. Uh, among other, other issues uh, related to public transit um, uh, in this city, um, specifically uh, this discussion is coming about in the context of the last municipal election in the city where, of course, Projet Montréal uh, was elected. Uh, a lot of their campaign uh, surrounded um, calls for more accessible uh, public transit and also looking at uh, possibilities around extending public transit uh, through buses, uh, tram lines, and also extending the metro. Um, so today we're going to be joined by two voices um, to offer a critical view and also a discussion about where things are at uh, as they stand. Um, we are joined by Cathy from Mouvement pour un transport public uh, adorable and Drew from Comité d'action uh, solidaire contre l'austérité. Uh, good day to both of you. Hi, thanks for having us. Thanks for being here. Um, well, Kathy, uh, maybe we could start. Um, could you uh, share with us a bit about this coalition and some of the issues um, of the movement for uh, affordable public transit would be a quick translation? Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah. So it's um, a coalition and a movement uh, that has been um, built through um, the needs that people see on the ground, people who can't afford just to get on the bus, who can't afford to get on the metro, um, people who just don't have the money. And for them, public transit is something that really um, takes a huge bite out of their budget. And also, since they're not able to access it, it, it really impacts their lives. They can't visit family. Uh, they, ha they can't really, they have a hard time getting groceries, things like that. And so um, for many, many years, there's been a call to ha lower the bus fare, specifically for low-income people, but for all people. And the latest um, movement is the movement for affordable public transit, which has been spearheaded by uh, Projet PAL, which is a mental health uh, resource, and also the Trovep de Montréal, which is like an umbrella group of a lot of community organizations. And there's also a lot of uh, welfare groups that are involved, for example, the Comité sans emploi de Pointe-Saint-Charles and the Welfare Rights Committee. And also a lot of literacy groups also are involved, like the SEDA is also part of wow. that committee. Wow. And also the, the MASS, uh, the um, precarious or low-income workers uh, coalition of Montreal wow. is also available is wow. also involved it's a lot of uh, different organizations from different networks addressing mm -hmm. issues mainly around poverty yeah um, but why this priority I mean we could draw obvious conclusions but coming from this organization why do you feel um, all these groups have come together to make this an organizational priority, given all the other emergency issues that low-income people face? Uh, why transit? Why now? Mm -hmm. uh, Projet Montréal? 
It really comes from the, the membership of those organizations, from people saying, like, of course the rent is too high, for sure, and there needs to be social housing built. Um, you know, of course the welfare rate is too low and the minimum wage is too low. It needs to be increased. But the, the people saying, like, what I see on my daily, um, what is impacting me the most is the fact that I just can't even cross town. I used to be able to use the bus, but no longer. So it's people saying that, that I have been blocked out of the bus. Using the bus is a luxury for me that I cannot afford. And so it's, and so that's why, uh, that's the, that's the reason why it's, it's being taken up by so many organizations because it's becoming more and more of a reality that people are bringing to those organizations. Mm -hmm. And bus, bus and Metro. Yeah. Yeah, And, 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 uh, has, has there been any particular focus around the campaign promises of Projet Montréal and, and, and the work of this organization? Is, is there an interaction there? Because Projet Montréal did talk a lot about public transit in the last election. Yeah, in the last election, uh, Projet Montréal was very strong on this issue. They uh, they wanted uh, free transit for seniors and students and also to have uh, an affordable fare for people who are under the poverty line. Um, and so that is, that is something that's good. And then... Um, and uh, and now the thing is, with, though, with Projet Montréal and the city of Montreal is they no longer have control over the fares in Montreal. The, the provincial government has created this new body called the Regional Transit Authority, and it's connecting all the cities across um, the Montreal area, including places like, uh, you know, De Montagne, uh, Oak, like really far away, um, respectively speaking, uh, towns. So all of this, this new transit authority, which is a bureaucratic structure, they're the ones who are going to decide the fare. So even though Projet Montréal and Valérie Plante have come out quite strongly in favor of having a social fair or in, um, making transit more affordable, they don't have the final decision-making power anymore. Do you think that. they could be doing more? Um, I guess we'll really see, in the next few months, we'll really see if they're going to put, like, uh, if they're really going to stand up to their promises, because uh, there's going to be a consultation coming up, but it's still the the city of Montreal as part of the bigger um, Montreal metropolitan community that's going to have a say on how far that study goes. So we're going to, we're going to see, um, we're going to see how seriously they take their commitment. Uh-huh. Um, this is Kathy from the movement for... Um affordable public transit in Montreal. Um, we're also joined in studio by Drew from the uh, Committee d'Action Solidaire contre l'austérité, but many other organizations. Um, you were involved in um, uh, a lot of discussions around this municipal election um, and have uh, worked on recently this past um I believe it was in the spring on a conference um, that was looking at a variety of issues, but also um, sort of economic justice when it comes to public institutions, um, uh, whether it's transit or healthcare um, or or education. Um, so, could could you maybe share with us a bit about? Um, some of the issues that you see around public transit in Montreal, but also some of the possibilities that you've thought about in regards to where finances can come from and the ways that governments, whether municipal or provincial, are or are not making the right decisions in terms of supporting public institutions uh, in this city or or beyond in Quebec. Sure. Um, So so I guess the first thing is that... um, you know, in in the context of public transit, we see a big sort of push toward privatization. Um, there's the um, the REM, the the Réseau Électrique de Montréal uh, or Metropolitan, that's um, 
you know that's being that's being sort of privately funded and 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 the sort of investors are being guaranteed uh, a, a certain return on that investment um, and you also see the infrastructure bank um, the Trudeau liberals are, are putting together this infrastructure bank where they're investing billions of dollars into infrastructure and they're talking about how um, how basically we need to put public funding in to attract private funding, but then when you once you attract private investment in public infrastructure, basically what you're saying is that public infrastructure now needs to turn a profit. And so where does that profit come from? Um, generally, it comes from increases in user fees and so on. Um, so on the one hand, we see a real push from private capital on an international level, on a national level, um, you know, on a, or on a federal level, on a on a provincial level uh, to, to really use public services as a way to create profit uh, for private investors. Mm -hmm. um, on the other hand, um, you know, we have, we have coalitions like the, um, like, like Kathy's a part of um, that are pushing for, you know, lower fees. So there's, you know, unstoppable force hopefully meets immovable object. Um, and, and we have to, we have to figure out, you know, which one's going to win. Um, so there's a real conflict, I think, uh, at the heart of public services and, and public transportation in particular. And I think there's the other Im important thing to say is that public services can be uh, a really significant way to redistribute wealth. Um, you know, could you, could you break that down a bit? For sure. Um, so, so when you invest in public services that increase quality of life um, and provide people with with access to things they wouldn't have access to otherwise and you do it by taxing corporations profits um then basically what you're doing is is counteracting the the um the the bigger trends that we see in society of concentrated wealth uh deepening inequality um you know quebec has a growing billionaire class now and they're people with huge amounts of money um you know more money than the human mind can really imagine or possibly spend in a lifetime um but you know one person has billions of dollars it's it's absurd um so you um so you're, you have, on the one hand you have the sort of uh, deepening inequality uh, in terms of some people have less and less wealth and, and less and less access to the city as kathy was saying and some people have more wealth than you can possibly imagine and so how do we counteract that trend and one of the best ways one of the most effective ways to do that is to invest in public services uh, and 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 do that using the the money that you tax from the from the richest uh, and the most profitable companies um so for example if we instituted free public transportation, um, you know, that would cost about 600 million a year uh, in the greater Montreal area. Um, and, and basically what you'd be doing is transferring 600 million a year, and, but doing something that not only, not only saves those people the, that 600 million that they spend on, on getting to, to work or getting downtown mm -hmm. or doing their shopping or whatever, but you're also, uh, you know, increasing the quality of life um, in, in the whole city. Uh, you're addressing climate change by reducing the amount of traffic. You're, um, you know, and you're increasing, decreasing the use of the highways um, and, and lessening the amount of uh, money that you have to throw at maintaining highways. Um, so there's there's all kinds of ways that that aligns with uh, you know a move the the kind of rapid transition that we need uh, toward climate justice uh, and also greater equality. So I mean there's a, a a lot of issues there. I wanted to zero in on the sort of um, a lot of 
like sort of mainstream discussions around public transit uh, that we hear in, say, a radio talk show or in the pages of La Presse, uh, if this is debated, which it isn't, a lot of the issues that both of you have brought up aren't necessarily debated very much. Um, but, um, Kathy, when we talk about affordable public transit, um, or even free public transit, which definitely in a lot of cities in the world has mm -hmm. been a, a, a movement. Uh, mm -hmm. In Brazil, there was has been a big movement in, in Spain and other places uh, for free, affordable public transit. Um, so I'm just wondering, um, could you maybe offer your thoughts on, on just whether it's affordable or less expensive or even free? Um, just sort of maybe offer your thoughts as an organizer around these issues as to why... A, having these conversations is important, but B, just reshaping the framework to actually think about why this is an important possibility. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, definitely a free public transit would be the ultimate goal. I mean, it, it is a public service and it should be free. It should be equal. It should be accessible for everyone. Um, one thing about the movement to have a, what we call a social fare, which would be a special fare for people who are on lower income, is to put, uh, uh, put, it, put some kind of infrastructure in place so that there will be a different um, fare structure for people who have lower incomes. So it's, like a, it's kind of like a stepping stone to getting uh, to the free uh, public transit. Um, um, and as for um, why it's so important to have these discussions, I think it is. I think it is taking uh, more effect in the the general public. Unfortunately, the the CAC um, uh, party was the only one that didn't make this one of their major campaign platforms, even in the provincial election. So in the past, uh, the the province has always been like, oh, this is not a big deal. This is an issue of the city. It's not a provincial issue. And then you had uh, QS saying they wanted to, uh, they would put in measures to um, bring the tariff down by half. You even had the liberals, even the liberals were saying they wanted to bring down um, transit to be free for seniors and students. And even the PQ was saying they wanted it to be either free or reduced in the off uh, off hours. like not in, So it's, it's becoming something that more and more people are understanding is a huge issue. Unfortunately, except for the party, which is now the majority party that we're going to be stuck dealing with for the next uh, four years. So um, yeah, it's a hugely important issue, and it really um, tackles this issue of social exclusion that we see so much and segregation in our society, especially in the cities we see that. I can't really speak for the countryside because I don't have much experience there, but, but especially here in the cities, we see that people are just excluded from, um, from just participating in, in civic life, from, from going to the park, from going to different uh, events they could go to, from seeing their family, like I mentioned, even from seeing the doctor, et cetera. And so this is... This is like a major uh, societal thing that we need to work on. So maybe can you share with us uh, when you talk about social exclusion, mm -hmm. uh, this very powerful term uh, for you've been to some of these meetings mm -hmm. around this coalition, the movement for affordable public transit. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, uh, and also you work with Project Genesis mm -hmm. in Cote d'Ange. What does that actually come down to? What does that mean for members say of project genesis social exclusion as as related to access to public transit well, it's um, the inequality in our society um, has been getting worse. Like about maybe 15 years ago, a lot of what we were talking about in anti-poverty work was, um, for example, the people's right to be able to um, um, be part of society, for example, taking their friend out for coffee, having a little bit of extra money. 
Now we see now, even things like having a telephone, a lot of people can't afford a telephone. And even things that used to be taken for granted, like getting on the bus, a lot of people can't use the bus or metro. So we're seeing this like re- increasing restricted um, amount of space and participation that people can can have in society. Um, at Project Genesis, <clears throat> we uh, are like we're like a mix between a housing group, a seniors group, and a, a welfare group. So people will come to us because um, they're getting evicted um, from their apartment because they can't afford to pay the rent because the rents are too high. But what we see increasingly is that people can't even afford to get to a place like Project Genesis. So the people who get there are are people who have enough money for the bus fare to get there or who live within walking distance and and are are physically able to get there. But when you think of that other greater group of people that are not even able to access resources like Project Genesis, it's, it's really quite worrisome. Mm-hmm. When we, when we think about um, solutions to some of these issues, obviously um, we're very far from some real solutions, uh, given both of what you've said. Um, Drew, you've done some work around looking at issues uh, regarding the infrastructure bank, and you've done some writing about like actually looking critically at what that's about. Um, we also have the CAC election in Quebec, which as Kathy has mentioned, um, they really did not address the issue of access to public transit. Um, but with the Projet Montréal election, they did signal sort of an involvement in the infrastructure bank. Um, maybe could you address some of the issues around that and also maybe any concerns you have regarding uh, the CAC? And uh, I mean, I, I guess we could go on for about two weeks uh, regarding concerns on the CAC, but... I think it'll be four years. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, on, I mean, so maybe share some thoughts. Sure. So so we don't have a, a ton of information, but certainly Project Montreal has made sounds about sort of, you know, I think I think they're trying to partner with whoever they can partner with to, to get things done from their perspective. Um, you know, the problem with the REM, uh, you know, the, the new train system and that goes to the West Island, the problem with, uh, you know, um, potentially, you know, they've raised the potential of using the infrastructure bank, uh, you know, Trudeau's infrastructure bank for the pink line. Um, you know, the problem with these things is that, you know, you, you can get things done in the short term, but in the long term, it's the, it's people who are going to pay uh, and they're going to pay through higher fares um, and uh, and ultimately worse service. Um, you're going to have to cut other services and other places to cannibalize to, to get the resources to keep those profit margins um, that you just wouldn't have if it was a public infrastructure. Um, I just want to spin it to a kind of a more positive note. I mean, I, I think it's important to note that there are like over 100 cities around the, around the world um, that have instituted fare-free public transportation. They're mostly smaller cities. Um, the biggest one, I think, to date is to the, the capital city of uh, Estonia, Tallinn, which has um, which has completely free uh, public transportation. They've actually expanded that to regional transportation as well. So it is doable. It is a, a thing that can happen. Um, the, the results have been very positive in the places. Um, where, where it's been done and and it and I would say it's it's kind of you know at, at the same times it seems very difficult under the CAC and under the liberals um, it's it's also a total necessity in terms of climate transition if we want to talk about um, climate justice if we want to even talk about adapting to climate change I mean we just saw the IPCC came out with their Right. Know, very, that, please? sorry the inter- intergovernmental panel on climate change which is mm-hmm. the um, kind of you know global grouping of scientists, um, climate scientists and and, uh, decision makers. Uh, And they basically just said, you know, 
it's go time. Um, I mean, they've been saying that for decades, but <laughs> really, for real, uh, we have to we have to make things happen. And so, rapid transition to um, you know uh, electrified and uh, more efficient public transportation and a reduction in traffic is isn't isn't like a nice thing to have. It's a necessity, um, in addition to being a nice thing to have. Um, so, so I think you know. I just want to highlight that it is doable, um, in terms of in terms of the situation that we're in with with the CAC being in power provincially. Um, I think one of the problems is that they they elected all of one um, MNA um, member of National Assembly on the island of Montreal. So, so we're 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 in, you know, and it was uh, I think in the way way in the east. Um, so we're we're in a real situation where like Montreal doesn't actually have any serious representation in the <laughs> in the provincial um, legislature, mm -hmm. uh, and so and so we're going to have to find creative ways to build alliances with, uh, you know, if we're going to talk about public transportation, free public transportation in the next you know four years, which I think we should, um, you know, we're going to have to find ways to get around that and and to and to find ways to to talk to people in um, you know smaller municipalities and rural areas and and start to start to work together and and bridge that gap which is uh, you know it's it's a it's mm -hmm. it, it is a real gap and I think that's what we're seeing um, if I could add something about um, the effects of climate change too like the effects we see here in Montreal are suffered the most by people living in poverty like the big drought we had this summer the third the people who died in Montreal many of them were living in poverty people who couldn't afford air conditioning etc also when the winter is so crazy cold I mean people living in poorly isolated apartments have to spend a lot on hydro they get their hydro cut off in April so like always we see the people who are the most affected are not the ones who are causing the climate change and by having free public transit that's a major step towards mm -hmm. climate justice by saying you know this this is something that that you deserve you have a right to and i also wanted to mention uh there are so many cities in canada like uh, drew was saying also that have uh, a social fair um including calgary and many other big big cities in canada and also one thing we have won uh through collective action is the fact that the single ride ticket has not increased because that is the ticket that people that is the fare that people living in poverty most frequently use they usually can't afford the the monthly pass so the fact that the STM and the city of Montreal and even the regional transit authority is saying we understand the importance of that single ride ticket not increasing I mean that is something that should go down for sure but like we've seen all the other fares have gone up but that's that's one one fare that you'll notice it has stayed the same for many years now wow Thank you so much to both of you for being here today on the program. Thanks for having us. I really appreciate it. We've been speaking with Kathy from the Movement for um, Affordable Public Transit uh, in the city. Um, there's, the, sorry, that group's online. Uh, yeah. Maybe you could direct people. Yeah, if you look up uh, Mouvement pour un transport public abordable, MTPA, you can find there's both a website and um, a Facebook page. You could also contact, probably Projet Pal would be the best one to contact if you wanted to get on the mailing list. And there will be actions uh, through it this winter because there's going to be a big consultation this summer on uh, the fate of public transit and the fare scale in Montreal. And Drew, uh, would you like to direct people to any uh, projects that you're working on or websites people can get more information? Uh, the conference that you mentioned earlier is called The Future is Public. It's at futureispublic.ca um, and that that's kind of a general discussion of expanding public services as a way to address climate change, colonialism, and uh, inequality. Thank you so much to both of you for being here today. Really appreciate it. Uh, this has been Free City Radio on CKUT 90.3 FM. Do stay tuned. The XX Files is coming up next.